For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Believe in Bagel podcast, delivered by 828 Logistics. I'm Solomon Wilcox. And of course, coming up a little bit later on today's show, we're going to be visited by the co-authors of the Joe Burrow story as seen from his hometown in Athens, Ohio. The co-authors, Scott uh, Burson and Sam Smathers, uh, Joe Burrow's um, first organized football coach when he started Little League um, there in Athens. They're going to join us on the show. But first, I wanted to start by talking about the exciting free agent acquisitions made by the Cincinnati Bengals. We hit it out of the park again. The Cincinnati Bengals, you cannot call this team cheap, frugal, stingy. Those things are, are a thing of the past. This is how much Joe Burrow has changed this franchise. Do you know the Bengals have already spent over $100 million in free agency when it comes to um, signing offensive tackle Orlando Brown, a four-year, $64 million contract? Welcome back, everyone, to the Believe in Bengal podcast with Solomon Wilcox. And right now we're joined by two very special gentlemen. That's right. They co-authored uh, from Bulldog to Bingo, the Joe Burrow story is told by his hometown and all the lovely people in Athens, Ohio. Of course, we have Scott Burson and Sam Smathers. Uh, welcome to the show today, guys. How you doing? Yeah, hey, doing, doing great. Going great. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, I don't know. yeah. Thanks all for right. having us on. Appreciate you. Well, wait, look, we're happy to have you. And Scott, you know, last week we had mm -hmm. our first uh, recording to sort of debut the book. Mm -hmm. Um, and we talked to you about some of the early days um, of, of Joe Burrow's uh, days there in Athens when he first moved to town. You kind of gave us the inspiration of the book. And and so we just had to have Sam Smathers come on, who co-authored this wonderful book with you. And um, Sam, um, you're credited with bringing youth football back to Athens, Ohio, um, just in time so that when Joe Burrow moved to town, he had a platform to begin growing. I want to start today by talking to you. Why was it important to you to bring youth football back after it had uh, literally gone away as a result of concerns of health and wellness for young uh, young players participating in youth sports? Yeah, we. Um, I live, of course, everybody knows now, I live right across the street from Athens High School football field. Um, we bought this property in 1988, and I thought, great, I get five free home games a year. This is awesome. <laughs> Nobody's going to build across the street. So started watching it and had our son in 88. And um, so when he started coming up through youth football, getting ready for football, and I'm watching all these, you know, middle 90s years that Athens was very lean, you know, and I'm like, you know, guys, where's our – feeder program where's where's the youth program i know the nelsonville york up the up the road they have a program tremble has a program we have five county schools in the in the county and you know we were one of the ones that didn't have a youth program so i said well what happened to it and it went away i mean scott's dad started it years ago my brother-in-law played in it saturday morning football um 
So I said, so we had a town meeting, got together and, and you know, got to, you know, get that out in the open. Let's get it back. Let's bring it back. We got to feed this program. And about a year went by and a couple other people said, Hey, yeah, let's do this. And they jumped on and I said, Hey, and they said, we got a youth program. I said, well, God, can I help coach it then? They said, sure. So mid nineties, you know, we got it going again, starting a youth program and, uh, it, it all started back then. And, and we just wanted to see, you know, the product get better on Friday night. And yeah. that's what we were after. Uh, Scott, I want to want you to weigh in here. Mm -hmm. uh, let's step back and take a more uh, a bigger view of this. For so many of us who had played youth football, who were fortunate enough to go on and play in the NFL, even if it was for a cup of coffee, we all look back fondly on our time in youth sports and say, that's where it all began. It's almost like um, it's, it's Americana. It's what our country is really about when we talk about providing opportunities and moments that help young men grow um, and realize their dream. So help our, our viewers right now understand how important youth football truly is to whether it's Athens, Ohio, but across this great country of ours. Well, I mean, it certainly all of youth sports, I think, is absolutely critical. I mean, it gives our youth something productive to do. They learn life principles, you know, whether they go on like you and play in the NFL you know, or they don't even play high school football, but they learn life principles. And let me make it specific with Sam, too, because in my research, I mean, Sam's not only a co-author, but he's in the story. Yes. I mean, he's a very important figure in the story. But in my my research, I think Sam and his, you know, his wife and kids were the backbone of this program. And they ended up naming uh, the practice field after the Smathers family. But uh, it's all it was all about family with him. Um, not only with his own family contributing, but the kids, you know, if they would get into a fight, you know, then they'd have to make up. They'd have to run around the field. Right. Sam holding hands. Right. You would make them do that. So it's OK to fight. But, you know, we're brothers, sisters, you know, we're, we're family members and we are going to we are going to make up. So one of the major themes of this this book, Solomon, from my perspective, uh, is family. Yeah. Uh, for, for Joe Burrow, sports is family. He learned that very early in Athens County. And uh, I think Sam was a big, big part of that. Sam, what story can you tell us about Joe Burrow? Because in the book, you guys both write about how early on you could see that he was the galvanizing force. People just rallied around him. He had this knack for leading, even when he wasn't trying to, whether he was changing plays, right? <laughs> and successfully changing them, right? Just intuitively. <laughs> but yeah. you guys wrote about this, of how his leadership early on from day one was highly recognizable. What can you share with us about that? It's, he was a quiet, he was just a quiet boy and youth football. And you, you don't even know back then what they're going to become. You know, you, you don't know who they're going to become, but he was just the type of kid that led by example. Um, every hitting drills, every, you know, sprint drills, everything we did, he had to be first he had to be the best he had to you know deliver he had to hit that bag the hardest or you know even the oklahoma drills you know that you know you're not allowed to do anymore you know <laughs> yeah. which you know i think teaches more than just hitting you know it teaches a lot of different things he was good at you know he wanted to be on the line he didn't want to be carrying a ball he wanted to be on the line so when other kids see this and even then i, I he didn't really notice the it factor back then but i've seen coaching many, many kids prior to him coming, you know, almost 10 years, the different talent of kids and you have good talent come through. 
he was just a, a level above and he, he was always just right ahead of everything. And he caught on to everything quick and, you know, contributed, you know, directly to his family and, you know, what he grew up there. So it was, it was easy to see that he was going to be the leader of, of anything he was doing. So Sam, I understand you're instrumental in helping sort of shape this, this sort of Joe cool nickname and the, the <laughs> legend that surrounds him because as an eight year old, He's coming up the hill wearing some shades. Right? Yeah. Most most coaches would see a kid wearing shades like this kid. I don't know who does this kid think he is? But you, A, you seem to embrace it, oh, yeah. right? Which is kind of cool. But B, you were able to give him that nickname. Why don't you share that story with him? Well, it's uh, we were having youth camp, and it was the first time we had – he was here for youth camp in third grade. And my coach, uh, Heath Bullock, looked at me, and he's going, look, there, there's your next quarterback. Joe Cool's coming up the hill. Had his sunglasses on, and you know, and it's like here he come. And I, I said, uh, Joe Cool, huh? He said, My name's Joey. You know, it's like, oh, okay, well, we got that part right. That's good. And, and he wore them throughout the whole camp. I mean, you know, every station he went to, he wore those shades. And his mom told me later, you know, he had sensitive eyes. You know, which you know, some kids with lighter colored eyes, you know, are sensitive to the sun, yep. and that's fine. It was, it was just funny that you know. Joe cool. And that's what we, you know, he said, here's your next quarterback. And I just started laughing and turned out. Yeah, that's what it was. And the Jimmy always jokes when he went to LSU and he said, you know, this is all your fault. You made him a quarterback. That's right. So, you know, me and Jimmy, we, we, we joked about that for a long time. And now it's like, Joey's, you know, he's like, yeah, I don't want to play quarterback. I'm always amazed at, you know, ball players and how we ultimately, what are some of the things that go into making us who we are, the way we approach the game, the players that we become in the prism in which we say, this is how I'm going to play this position. Because I want you to share this with us also, Sam, because Joe Burrow played on the defense. His his father and his older brothers, they were all defensive guys, and so was he. I'm not saying he became a quarterback reluctantly, but it wasn't his first choice. But once he committed to doing it, the way that he plays even now today, uh, the defensive mind that he that he has having been shaped on that side of the ball, watching tape with his dad in many, in many dark rooms growing up, um, help us understand how that makes him maybe a rare type at the quarterback position, having been groomed on the defensive side, but yet he possesses these leadership skills that reeks of becoming a quarterback. Yeah, he um <sighs> Joe is just, he, he loved competition as you know, most kids do, but he really thrived on it. And, and, uh, you know, like I said, he was a quiet boy. You never knew he was at practice until something was going to happen that somebody had to win. And then, (laughs) then he kind of rose to the top. It seemed like all the time. And so, but to play defense, you know, like I said, he played, he started out playing corner and you in third and fourth grade, he played some corner. He played, um, you know, some safety, um, you know, he had an interception in the championship game his fourth grade year and ran it back for a touchdown. Um, so we got, you know, and then when he was in fifth and sixth grade, he wanted to move the linebacker. And I said, well, um, okay. So we started teaching him linebacker, which at the time, like I said, I, I didn't know who he was or his dad was for about first half year, first all the way through the third grade year, halfway through. I didn't know who his dad was. I had no idea. And about halfway through, they said, his dad's a new D.C. at the U. I said, oh, okay. 
that explains a lot. <laughs> then his fifth and sixth grade year, when he started playing linebacker, found out that his brother Jamie played linebacker, mm-hmm. you know, in a national championship game, and you know, and 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 his brother Dan played, you know. I'm like, well, he gets it. He 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 he's seen it. He knows what to yes. do, and he has a nose for the ball. So um, on defense, he really did, and it's like. Yeah, but we need you on offense. And when we was running the wing tee, he can memorize and do the footwork and the misdirection and, the, the you know, the double handoff. And the, the things you got to know as a wing tee, you don't really have to be an outstanding athlete. You just got to know where everybody's going and what's going to happen. And he was the – at the time, because like I said before, uh, Adam – or Ryan Lerman would have been my quarterback if we were running a, a, a you know, just a straight-up, you know, power eye. Mm-hmm. Ryan would have been my quarterback. He could throw the ball better than Joey then at mm-hmm. that age. Scott Burson. Yeah, Scott Burson, Sam can, Smathers. They co-authored from Bulldog to Bingo. That's right. It's the Joe Burrow story as seen uh, through the eyes of his hometown in Athens, Ohio. Um, Scott, want to get your thought on this. Why was it important to make sure that you guys hammered some of the foundational stories about Joe um, playing on the defensive side of the ball, the leadership and the galvanizing sort of aura that he had around him where everyone seemed to draw to him. And you also included in there, whether it was in basketball, because he was all state his senior year um, as a basketball player and as a quarterback. I think that should be known. This guy is a high achiever just because there's a competitiveness. But you also made sure that people knew he was a very bright young man that intuitively he knew he could change plays and the coaches didn't mind him doing it, whether it was in basketball or football. You wanted to nail those points home. Why was that? Yeah, I mean, uh, we're all shaped by our parents, by our friends, by our teachers, by our coaches, those people that influence us when we're young, right? And all the things that you just mentioned, uh, he's known for these, right? He's like in the 99th percentile, you know, in in terms of intelligence, in terms of leadership, in terms of uh, his ability to throw the ball uh, precisely, you know, to analyze the defense. That all began in Athens County. And so it began with uh, Sam. It began with his uh, youth basketball and baseball coaches, Don Cooley and Tom Vanderven. Uh, it, it very much is a village that I think has contributed to who Joe Burrow uh, is. If, if you don't mind, let me just say one other thing, uh, just uh, bouncing off of what Sam was saying before, that he didn't even know Jimmy halfway through the first year. Yeah. Well, Jimmy, of course, is busy, right? I mean, That's Jimmy's right. over, over <laughs> yeah. at you, but, but he's also very mild-mannered. And he yes. never, you know, never is seeking attention. He's never well, he looking. wasn't intrusive in any wasn't, way. Yeah. Never intrusive. But Robin, Robin was always there, right, Sam? She was there for every practice. She was contributing, you know, with concessions. She was supporting in every way. Yeah. So they're part of this whole family atmosphere. I mean, Robin made family first decisions, you know, when it came to Joe from the very, very beginning. And she's always been there at every practice, you know, at every game. Jimmy would love to be, you know, but Jimmy had other other obligations. How about this? Because um, you also, both of you guys put in the book that Jimmy, uh, you know, he was offered an opportunity to go back and coach at Iowa State. Um, and uh, he had talked to Joe. Every, it was sort of in the wings. And he ended up fortuitously, right, not getting the job and said, nope, I didn't get the job. And, and Joe Burrow said, is that good? <laughs> and, and and it and it seemed to just the, right then and there they knew they weren't accepting anything else they were not going to leave Athens Ohio that this is where they, they really were dialed in to making sure that 
It was about the entire family. Everyone needed to be happy and healthy. And it's where Joe wanted to be. So, Sam, what can you tell us about that? How it, it ended up, they ended up staying and it it turned out to be a good thing for everyone, didn't it? It was a, it was a great thing. And, and I, that story never got out at the time it was happening. Yeah. I don't think very many people knew that Jimmy had this opportunity, <clears throat> like, like Robin and they kept it within their family. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they talked to it and that was a big, big decision on their part. But when it all transpired and it came out where everybody knew what was going on, I mean, I don't know if we breathed a sigh of relief, but we knew, I knew in sixth grade that this group of kids that I started out had 12 or 14 kids that played from third grade to 12th grade. If they stayed that length of time in a small town like this in the Plains, you know, they're going to be great in high school. You, You know, that's when we got a new coach, Ryan Adams came in, who was alumni here. Played here, he played OU as, as, as a corner. So, and he's took over the coaching before you know Jimmy or Joey came up. But that that whole transpired. That I mean, everything. I don't know if we breathed a sigh of relief when it all went down and he stayed. But Joey knew, and we all knew right then and there that he was a bulldog through and through. From the first day he put a helmet on, it was a bulldog helmet. Till the last helmet he took off was a bulldog helmet, and that team didn't. I mean, I seen it coming, you know, as a coach, you know, you could see things like this and I thought, man, if they stick together and they stay together, great things are going to happen. Now beyond that, you know, with, you know, after that, I don't know how good and, you know, you knew at the same time I knew how good he was then. Yeah. Yeah. But it it really, I think uh, what Scott, I think he nailed it. It really was a village that you guys were able to form and it really created something special and Joe and many of the other kids who went on to do really good things at the collegiate level and still doing great things in the community. They'll someday be coaches themselves. It's almost like the gift that keeps giving. And so this is a final, uh, final question for both of you. And I'll start with you, Sam. Um, Joe Burrow, I thought gave the most memorable, heartfelt, Heisman Trophy acceptance speech, I think, in the last half century. And I've heard a lot of them. Uh, I love um, trying to, to listen to those speeches when they're winning a Heisman Trophy. Uh, but when he he gave that speech and talked about his hometown, he immediately went back to his hometown. What did that mean for many of you back in Athens as you watched him give that speech? Of course, we were sitting right here facing that tv and it wasn't a dry eye in this house in this garage and and we were all you know and it just shows you and brings out what we knew in joey how proud he was of being here yeah and watching us coaches drive kids home from practice and going picking kids up for games on sunday um he's seen all this you know and it, it made an impact on his life and he knew you know, where we come from down here in Appalachia, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. I mean, you put your work boots on and you go to work Yeah. or, you know, if you can't, you know, you, you get by what you can get by with. And he's seen all this. And I think that that helped make, you know, that speech and it it hit home to us. I mean, a lot of people may, I mean, I'm sure everybody got it, but for here, I mean, like I said, there wasn't a dry eye in the, in the garage, in the dog pound that night. And it was, I was very proud. And as everybody, you know, his mom and dad and everybody else was too. Scott, hey, look, you're a professor, man. You, you know, you're teaching people 
um, uh, to become theologians and how to, <laughs> you know, how to parse words to be able to tap into uh, the spirituality, the uh, the right mentality, right? What what did that speech mean for you and help put that into perspective for a lot of us? Well, for me, I didn't see it live. Um, my wife or my my wife and I were on vacation in an obscure place in Valletta, Malta, on the Medi in the Mediterranean. So I was trying to stay present with her, you know, in that yeah. experience. But it didn't take long before I saw it. I, I probably have watched that speech 15, 20 times, and yeah. I can never watch it without tears welling up in my eyes. I don't blame you. Yeah, it just reminds me of my hometown that I care so much about, my home region in southeast Ohio in Athens County. And um, I'll tell you a quick, quick story. You know, of course, that culminated a week of Joe traveling around the country and collecting as much hardware as anyone's ever collected uh, as a college player. And that was the culmination. And so about an hour before he was supposed to be over at the uh, at the venue uh, to receive the award, Robin, his mom, said to Jimmy, hey, do you think Joe has anything prepared for the speech? And Jimmy said, I don't know. And she said, you better go talk to him. So he went over to his room, knocked on the door, and Joe was just jotting down a couple bullet points on a note card. Wow. That's that's all he he had. He had a very busy week. Yeah. And so when he he showed up, Jimmy doesn't know that he even referenced that note card. I mean, it was completely from the heart, uh, everything that he said. And and it was just a very, very powerful, powerful speech. And that particular I loved writing this entire book. But that particular chapter might be my favorite chapter yeah. where I talk about that, because it is about Joe and his heart and how he's given back in such a powerful way to his to his home region. Well, I, I thought it really painted a picture of uh, of your town and the zeitgeist of 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 everyone there in terms of how um, there are tough times, but out of these tough times come some really wonderful and remarkable people. And for him to remember that when he's at the height of 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 all his glory and to be able to look back, you could tell it was heartfelt, and I think it touched uh, everyone who who heard that speech. And I just thought it was absolutely phenomenal. So um, before we let you go, Sam, uh, what your last thoughts about um, what's taking place there and how you guys are feeling now about the Cincinnati Bengals each and every Sunday as you're watching Joe Burrow and the Bengals just continue to add to that folklore. It's, um, <clears throat> I mean, I'm <clears throat> very proud. And uh, people ask me all the time, you know, we, about this year and what they're doing and off season and stuff. And I, and I, I result this same thing. Joey would tell you it's my job. It's a profession. It's in a corporation. You go to work every day and you may not have the same face every day. It's your corporation, but you all strive to make one thing happen to get one end product. And that's Joey Burrow. And that's how he is. That's right. So that's how he was here. And that's how I guarantee you. That's what he's doing there. So, very proud of him. Um, proud of the Bengals. Um, I never was a Bengals fan, but you know, now I'm a <laughs> true blue Bengals fan. Never was an LSU fan, but now, you know, That's right. uh, us, That's you know, so, but you know, you gotta, he does things that, uh, bring people together and, uh, we're very proud of him for that. And, um, looking forward to this year and years to come. Um, like I said, no matter what's on the field or what personnel he has around him, they'll strive and to keep it together to achieve that one goal. And Scott, just, I want to say this for um, Bengals fans, uh, the team, this is how much Joe has changed the team, the town, and he's made this a, 
a, a destination for players in free agency who mm-hmm. uh, once upon a time tried to avoid coming to Cincinnati. Now they're lining up at the door. They signed um, offensive tackle Orlando Brown Jr. to a blockbuster four-year, $64 million contract, the most awarded to an offensive tackle in NFL history, at mm-hmm. least at the time of signing. Um, and they uh, bring in another guard in Cody Ford. So they appear to be doubling down, making sure that they can protect Joe. He was sacked, what, 41 times, I think, this past year. So the number's starting to come down. They continue mm-hmm. to throw more resources at it. Well, Scott, what can you say about that, that this is a team – that seems determined to build around Joe Burrow for the future. Yeah, there, there's no doubt he's the franchise uh, quarterback for the Bengals. Hopefully, for the next 20 years, That's I'd right. love to love to see him play beyond the the break the Brady record in the number of, of years. But uh, it's it's really encouraging, you know, to see how what kind of resources they're investing in protecting their franchise quarterback. You know, this we all anticipate a big deal that Joe's going to sign here. Uh, probably before the season starts. And so if you're going to pay someone that kind of money, you'd better better protect him. So I think the Bengals are doing so many things right. So we're really excited about it. I'm telling everyone to brace themselves because that number for Joe Burrow, and rightfully so, uh, will be north of $50 million a mm-hmm. year. Um, and uh, big numbers, it's hard to wrap our mind around it, but um, no one's going broke paying them. I can tell you that. So yeah, that's a, yeah. and, and he is the force multiplier, as I like to call him. Mm-hmm. Scott Burson, Sam Smathers, they are the co-authors of uh, From Bulldog to Bingle, uh, the Joe Burrow story as seen through the eyes of his hometown, of all the lovely and wonderful people there in Athens, Ohio. We want to thank you guys for joining us on this uh, edition of the Believe in Bingle podcast. Next week, we hope to have uh, one Jimmy Burrow joining mm-hmm. us on the show, the father right. of Joe Burrow. How about that? Uh, so we want to thank you guys for taking the time. Um, before we go, Scott, let everyone know where they can find the book. Yeah, you can find the book uh, on Amazon. It's easy to find. Or you can go to orangefraser.com and Fraser is spelled F-R-A-Z-E-R. All right. Um, Scott, Sam, we appreciate you guys. All the best to you. Thanks again for joining us, guys. Hey, appreciate it, Solomon. Appreciate you, Solomon. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.